0: Welcome back to the program. Glad to have you. The Bill Michaels Show. On the air. Good stuff. Hour number one. Talk some baseball. And uh, now, get into a little bit of football and uh, talk to our our buddy uh, Mark Schofield. Talks uh, from SB Nation a lot about, uh, well, it's the NFL, obviously. And he now joins us on the hotline. Mark, how you doing, pal? I'm doing well, Bill.
1: Great to be with you again. Fantastic uh, week two action to talk about. Excited to get into it.
0: Yeah, I let's let's talk about the uh, the games that happened on Monday night because I I really uh, those two impressed the hell out of me. I think we looked at maybe the best two teams in their conferences, and that being the. Uh, Buffalo Bills and then the Philadelphia Eagles let's start with Buffalo they came out and just torched the defending champions. they did it again in fine fashion on Monday night. are they clearly the best team in the NFL right now with uh, a only two games under our belts we'll say
1: right I mean it is early it is only two games but I think right now they're the best team in the NFL and I think they're the toughest whittle right now. I've actually got a piece up on SBNation.com right now about what the Miami Dolphins are going to face this week because the thing about the Bills right now and the thing about Josh Allen and that passing game is they have an answer for everything. I mean, we talk so much right now about two deep safety looks, cover two, cover four, you know, quarters, however you want to term them and how that's what defenses are using to try to slow down these passing games. But Tennessee tried it. And Josh Allen sort of carved them up. He was throwing crossers. He was throwing underneath. He was attacking in the middle of the field between the safeties. So then Tennessee said, all right, well, this isn't working. We'll bring that safety down It's the middle of the field to try to take that stuff away. And immediately, like the very next play, he goes up top for a big game to Jay Crumrow on a, on a go route right along the sideline. They have an answer for anything you want to do defensively. Now, this week, look, they're going to get Josh Boyer. They're going to get Miami and that sort of cover zero pressure look that we've seen from them. And in the two meetings last year, that's what they did. It didn't work at times. They were able to get pressure on Allen. They were able to you know, force him into some throwaways. But late in the game, when they were playing against each other in week eight, they dialed it up again. Allen stood in the pocket, hunt in there, waited to the last second. Now you've got man coverage all across the board with no safety help, throws a touchdown, Stephon Diggs, game over. They've got an answer for everything on offense. And so – when you have that kind of ability to put points on the board, it plays into then pinning your ears back on defense, letting Vaughn Miller, Gregory Rousseau just get after it and you know force turnovers, create opportunities for big plays on the defensive side of the ball. They've got an answer for everything right now. That's why they're the most dangerous team in the NFL.
0: The uh, the Philadelphia Eagles uh, did something that the Packers obviously couldn't do, and that was, one, cover Justin Jefferson. And, two, they put pressure on Kirk Cousins, forced him into some bad throws, shut down Dalvin Cook, and looked like world beaters. So uh, are the Packers that bad, <laughs> or is Philadelphia that good, or does the truth lie somewhere in between?
1: Uh, you know, normally I'm of the mind that with questions like this, the answer lies somewhere in between. But I think in this case, this is more about the Philadelphia Eagles and how good they are. And, you know, we can take the offense and put that to the side because I do want to sort of start on the defensive side of the ball. Jonathan Gannon for the past year plus has been facing a lot of criticism, honestly, in Philadelphia about being a little bit too passive on defense, playing with softer coverage, not blitzing, not getting after the quarterback. They changed that script a little bit on Monday night. They got after Kirk Cousins. They brought some blitzes. They played with some more aggressive, you know, blitz packages, coverage packages in the secondary. And you saw the impact. They forced a lot of mistakes from Cousins. Receivers and quarterback weren't on, the same, weren't on the same page at times in that game, which led to some turnovers. And they really sort of showed that, look, we can change things up defensively. We can be a bit more aggressive. And it is going to pay off for us by generating turnovers and giving Jalen Hurts some half-fields or short-field situations. So very much a defensive story in one part. But, of course, it comes back to the offense. And it comes back to Jalen Hurts. And it comes back to – his development as a quarterback from the pocket. And we saw that on their open drive. They had a third and one. And it was one of those longer development plays where last year, maybe even last week against Detroit, when that pressure starts to come in off the edge, you would see Jalen Hurts pull it down and try to create something with his legs. Instead, he Hunt in there, waited on the concept, drilled A.J. Brown right between the numbers on a deep throw to move the chains up third down. They finish it off with a touchdown drive. He goes five for five on that open and drive. Jalen Hurts has taken the steps he needs to as a quarterback from the pocket that are going to be huge for that team. So I think it was a complete effort from that Eagles team. And right now, look, they they look like the best team in the NFC.
0: The, uh, the Packers and what they did on Sunday night against the Bears on one hand, A lot of good. Defensively, between the the first drive and the last drive, they played a lot of good defense. I don't know how good the Bears are. I think that was a little bit of an apparition in that win in the the monsoon against the 49ers and against Trey Lance. So tell me what you thought of that Packers contest on Sunday night.
1: I I mean, I think a lot of, you know, the storyline out of that is that the Bears are not good. You know, the, the Bears are struggling. They're struggling offensively. And we kind of did expect that. I think you're right. The monsoon on, you know, opening week against San Francisco kind of, you know, clouded that picture with respect to how good the Bears are and what the 49ers were dealing with. With respect to the Packers, though, I think this is kind of what we thought we were going to see from them throughout this season as we headed into the year. They were going to try to find a way to get Aaron Jones involved, and they certainly did you know, trying to get the ball into his hands, create some mismatches with him against linebackers and safeties, try to get the ball to him in space as much as possible. I thought that was a very good effective part of the game plan. You know, in terms of what this defense did, a lot of it comes down to the fact that the Bears don't trust Justin Fields, or at least it doesn't seem like they trust him right now. But you saw flashes of what this defense could be. You saw some flashes of athleticism throughout, you know, the, the front, defensive front and on the second level. And so I think this was a nice get-right opportunity for the Packers, and they took advantage advantage of it. This was more what I expected to see from them this year, so it was good to see from that perspective. And you want to see them keep this roll.
0: The, uh, the Packers with a big game coming up against Tampa Bay. Now, we just find out Mike, Mike Evans will not participate in this contest because of the suspension that was upheld today by the NFL. Bruce Arians also warned for his conduct on the sideline. But what does this mean for Tom Brady? And the fact, and I had mentioned this earlier, that I thought Akeem Hicks might be able to come back and play in this game because when he was a bear, he could hardly ever play against the Packers because he was always hurt. And it turns out he's not going to be playing in this contest again this week either. So you tell me how strong that defense is. And Tom Brady, without his weaponry, without Julio Jones, without Mike Evans, Godwin coming back from a hamstring injury, how much are they hamstrung because of all of this?
1: They're extremely hamstrung right now, Bill. And there's another – injury that just sort of came out in the last hour, their backup tackle. Josh Wells is, oh, Donovan Smith, their starting left tackle, didn't play because of an elbow injury last week. If Smith can go, that would certainly help Tampa Bay. But if now they're down to their, you know, third string left tackle, that's going to be another huge problem for Tampa Bay. Brady did not look comfortable at times against New Orleans. He did have the touchdown later in that game, but early seemed unsettled in the pocket. You know, New Orleans has had sort of Tom Brady's number from, year to year since he's joined the Buccaneers, that offense isn't quite clicking right now. Now, the defense, they forced some turnovers um, from Jameis Winston. You know, they were able to create some pressure. They were able to to do some things up front, which forced Winston into some mistakes, particularly late in that game when he was pressing a little bit and trying to come back. But the Buccaneers are really banged up right now. And especially if Smith can't go now with Wells out and headed to IR, you're talking about a quarterback in Tom Brady that's your – prototypical stationary pocket quarterback. And now you have a chance to come after him. Let's not forget they're playing with a backup center. They're playing with some backups on the interior of the offensive line as well. There's an opportunity for Green Bay to really get after Tom Brady this weekend. And if they're able to do that, it's going to make it a long afternoon for Tom Brady.
0: Speaking of uh, Donovan Smith, he was not at practice today, just an FYI. So, uh, so we all know that he was not there today either. Uh, That being said, now you got Aaron Rodgers who. Uh, like you had mentioned, that offense looked a lot like we thought it would. The one thing that I'm looking at is I don't see anything over 20 yards downfield. And other than that opening pass to uh, Christian Watson that he dropped in the game against the Minnesota Vikings, you're not seeing them take many shots downfield. It is uh, Now, granted, when you can run the ball the way they did, you don't necessarily have to. But you tell me who's the downfield guy for this team right now? who's the guy in 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 the two minute in the two minute drill that you're going to start firing the ball downfield to?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think Bill, that's a big question facing Green Bay right now. You don't quite see that receiver that look thirty nine you just need somebody to win on a nine ball or win on an eight route. Uh, somebody that you trust that maybe Watson gets there. You know, like you said, you had that initial shot play downfield to start the season. He ran a great route, just didn't finish the play. And maybe as he gets more opportunities, I'm somebody that tends to believe that, look, you know, drops are a noisy statistic. He's going to be able to finish some of these plays. But right now that's the big question because, you know, when it's first and ten or second and two, you can dial some stuff up and you perhaps create some mismatches. You know, LeFleur, Coach LaFleur loves that sort of, you know, Jet all go, you've got the back out of the backfield up the seam with Jones, and you can create some explosive plays in the vertical passing game that way. But on third and nine, nobody's going to really be worried too much about that. You've got to do things a little bit differently. You've got to have that receiver that third and nine, two minute situations, like you mentioned, can win downfield. Maybe Watson gets there, maybe that's the hope, but right now it is a big question mark.
0: Uh, I wanted to ask you also within the division, now we know that the Vikings are probably going to be the team that's going to be chomping at the bit to catch the Packers and possibly beat them, but it seems to me like they week one played their Super Bowl, week two maybe were drunk a little bit from it. I know the truth lies again, somewhere in between with them, but it seems like Kirk Cousins, when he had pressure in his face and the, and the Packers didn't generate that consistently, he's he's going to make those mistakes again and again and again. Do we now take that because they got that opening win over the Green Bay Packers? Do we take them really, really serious to say, you know what, this is going to be a team that's chomping at the bit, or do you look at them and go, ah, eh, it might have been just a week one wonder?
1: I mean, I was always sort of in that latter category. I remember when we were talking about you know prior to week one, we were talking about that matchup, but I said, look, I need to see it on a more consistent basis, particularly from Cousins. And a lot of that had to do with how he plays in those pressure moments, because when everything's clicking and everything's going right for him, he can be a dangerous quarterback. He, he can be a dangerous quarterback from the pocket, but when you start to get pressure, when you know the, the pitcher in the secondary changes a little bit and he's going to navigate both pressure in the pocket and a, a different look in the secondary than perhaps he was expecting, You know that's when he runs into trouble. And you saw that on Monday night. And so I'm still not a believer yet in Minnesota, I think, you know, sometimes, as we know, week one can be a bit of a mirage. Obviously, Justin Jefferson is a fantastic wide receiver. We saw that production in week one. But when things aren't clicking right and teams can sort of rotate coverage towards it, where you got a guy like Darius Slay that was able to play effective against him, that offense is going to struggle, especially when there's pressure in Cousins' face.
0: The best team in the NFC, once you get past, say, like Philadelphia right now, Things seem to be kind of up in the air. Now, I still don't believe, I don't know what Jerry's smoking, but all of a sudden Jerry believes that uh, Dak Prescott's going to walk on water, come back, be Jesus Christ, and cure all the ills of the world. But who are some of the top two or three teams, four teams in the NFC right now? Do you put the Packers in that list, or do you think, well, they're still L.A., but they're without their pieces. Tampa Bay's banged up. You know, we were talking earlier about maybe a Super Bowl team out of New Orleans, and I don't necessarily see that. Who's the better teams right now in the NFC?
1: I mean, the NFC is, we, we expected the NFC to be wide open coming into this year because of some of the moves that have been made this offseason. I think it sort of remains that way. I mean, I think you still have, look, with Green Bay, with Tampa Bay, it's hard to count those teams out because of the talent and the experience of the quarterback position. So I think you still put those two teams in there. I mean, you look around, you know, teams that have yet to lose, Philadelphia, we've talked about them. Tampa Bay, they haven't lost yet, and I think because of the brain factor and the fact that they're dealing with some injuries right now and they start getting guys back, they'll still be good. I'm not a believer in the New York Giants, nowhere close to it. I think that 2-0 is kind of a mirage right now. And then you get to these comfortable teams at one and one I'm not buying New Orleans. I mean, I I keep coming back, Bill, to Detroit. I mean, I, I know I've said before that that team is going to make some noise this year and be in the playoff mix. I think you saw Week one, you know, that loss to the Eagles looks a little bit better now after two weeks, doesn't it? You know, they come mm-hmm. back in that game. It's only a three-point loss. Then they beat Washington last week. That team is playing hard for Dan Campbell. Again, I don't I don't think that we're suddenly going to be starting to talk about the Detroit Lions making a Super Bowl run. But I think given the wide-open nature of the NFC right now, they're certainly going to keep themselves in the mix.
0: Talking about Mark Schofield, SB Nation, before I let you go – that was the signature win Tua was looking for on the road against a former MVP who played extremely well, but six touchdowns. Tariq Hill looked like he was a high school track athlete running against a bunch of kids in daycare somewhere that were only six and seven years old. Are the Dolphins now for real?
1: I think they're – I'm not ready to say they're for real, but I think they're, prob- they're knocking on that doorstep. I don't know if they're going to beat Buffalo this week. But if they, you know, put up an impressive effort, if it's a one-score game or something like that, that may, might be that kind of moment where they realize, yeah, we're, we're, we're here. We've a rock. You know, if they go in and they get blown out and Tua suddenly throws three or four interceptions, if it's another, you know, a, a debacle like we saw Monday night between the Titans and the Bills, then I think, you know, people will calm down a little bit about Miami. But that was the Tua statement game. That was – the two I've arrived kind of performance against Baltimore this past weekend. And it's not like he did it on all RPOs and slants. He was hit some throws all over the top. He was pushing the ball downfield. These are the kinds of performances Dolphins fans will waiting to see. They've got one against Baltimore, who, like you said, got a good game from Lamar Jackson too. So I think they're on the doorstep of being for real. We'll know from we'll know a little bit more about them come this weekend.
0: Mark, great stuff. Appreciate it as always and looking forward to talking again. More football, okay?
1: Sounds good,
0: my friend. Talk to you next week. Have a great day, Bill. Appreciate it, bud. There you go. That's Mark Schofield every Wednesday right here, same time, same place. Love leading it off that way when we get back into the full network. Good stuff from him. SP Nation, read his stuff there. Good, good stuff. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Quick Trip. Right now they're giving away, giving away a Winnebago Revel. You know what that means? It's like a pro camp. You can get one of those things. It looks like a big old, big old camping van type of thing and they're badass they're four-wheel drive you take them off road you can go out where nobody goes and just get away from the world they're self-sufficient they're really cool and they're giving one away but it's coming up at the end of the month so you got to get your uh, get your entries in go in use that quick, quick rewards card go in and get yourself a mountain dew or mountain dew products use the quick rewards card and you're going to be good to go that's our friends over there at quick trip not to mention it's just a great place just a great place to go. Stop in there any time of day, anywhere, any place, anytime and you can pick up just about anything you need when it comes to food, beverages, gasoline, uh, snacks, uh, go into the beer cave, hell you're you're good to go or just refresh yourself at one of the refreshment stations whether it's coffee or sodas, teas, you name it, not the ayahuasca, but you know what I'm talking about. Stay tuned, got a lot more of the Bill Michael show. It's all coming up right after this. I know what I'm doing tomorrow night. i got a meeting downtown Milwaukee, and uh, the best thing about the meeting is the fact that uh, they said, hey, uh, what about Calderon Club? Oh, now you're talking to my heart. Best Italian food that I've ever stuck in my grill. It goes back when I was a kid. My uncle used to own a five-star Italian restaurant in Cincinnati. Oh, love it. Going to head down to Calderon Club, downtown Milwaukee, Old World 3rd Street, right across the street. From uh, the Hyatt, and you get the Bill Michaels, which is chicken marsala and Penny Sashina, and you put it all together on. It's a half and half, and it's so good. And they pair that up with cider boys, and um, from Point Brewing, and and oh, and, and you get a little bit of the eggplant ahead of time, and you get the dipping marinara dipping with that, and it's crispy and it's crunchy. Oh my God. It's, uh, it, it's, it's kind of, it's, it's not that you need bigger pairs of pants. It's just that you need new pants when you eat this stuff. It's that good. That's our friends at Calderon I And mean, Pick out what you like. They're known for uh, the spaghetti and meatballs, or you go next door to uh, San Giorgio and Napoliotana Pizzeria. Pick up a pizza over there, which uh, those things are unbelievable as well. Stop down. Calderon Club, San Giorgio, they pair it up with Cider Boys. All good for my buddy Gino and the gang down there, uh, downtown Milwaukee. Packers getting ready to take on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It's a matchup of the top two teams in the NFC since 2020. Green Bay's got a 27-8 and regular season record over that span. Tampa Bay checks in at number two with a 26-9 mark. Uh, the Packers have not been able to get over Tom Brady and company in the postseason, though that's the unfortunate, but during the regular season, they've had a little bit of success. Green Bay and Tampa Bay first played in 1977. Go back to the Bell of the Bays, and the Packers hold a 32-22-1 record in the regular season series while the postseason series is even at a game apiece. a game of peace. So looking forward to that coming up 325 kickoff, uh, in the afternoon on, uh, on Sunday. And as we know, uh, the breaking news of the day, Mike Evans will not be playing in this contest. The NFL has indeed upheld his suspension. Uh, here's another piece of news and note. See Brady, and Todd Bowles had agreed that Tom Brady, knowing what he knows and being who he is, doesn't have to practice on Wednesdays. Brady had said, eh, you know, I'm going to try to, you know, make sure my body's good getting up there in age. So he's not going to practice on Wednesday. Todd Bowles uh, commented and confirmed that on Monday. Wouldn't be newsworthy today, but Tom Brady's back at practice. He is. The plan had been for Brady to come to practice and attend team meetings, but to give his body a rest rather than work on the practice field and in pads, Brady was not going to be practicing. He didn't feel like, and the team didn't feel like it was worth it for his body at the age of 45-ish. So he was going to get that day off. Today, he said, got to work with the receivers. No Mike Evans. Godwin's nursing the hamstring. You still got Julio Jones out. He said, "I got to work with these guys." Oh, oh, Wait a minute. When you don't have your full complement, your normal guys, your your security blankets to throw to, you got to go to work. There's a novel concept, isn't it? But Brady is back at practice today. He wanted to get more work with the younger younger receivers. They're going to have to get uh, kind of a bigger share of uh, of the throws now. Now that the uh, the spend- suspension's been upheld and the injuries continue to mount. So there you go. Tom Brady back at practice. That's the big news of the day. Is that leadership Ben Kenny? Is that something that maybe we should pay more attention to? I don't know what to make of it cuz it's kind of ridiculous that it is even a story. That he's
2: practicing I know, right? on Wednesday and we're talking about it. So it's it really feels in that room. It feels like more is going on than we'll ever know. Like, Brady doesn't spend Brady. any time talking to the media. It's very closed off. We'll get little inklings. I feel like it's all going to open up once he retires.
0: Once he retires, we'll find out who the real Tom Brady is. If and, and if Tom Brady is the leader and the guy that everybody thinks he is, if he's an ass or if he's an ass but he still gets the best out of you, which we've all been there, done that with some people, all of that stuff. We'll find out if he's that guy for sure or not one of the two I, I i agree with you i think something's going to come uh come to fruition at some point regarding all of this but tom brady back at practice today normally that's not a big deal but today it is uh 877 867 you want to find us please do it um this one's uh, from our buddy Temis. It says, any discussion today about the uh, two defensive rookies from Georgia? How are they performing? Well, okay. Let's first and foremost uh, start with uh, with the backer, uh, just for the fact that um, they have not given a lot of rotation up front, up front, to uh, Devontae Wyatt. He's not seeing a lot of snaps right now. He's just kind of been told, just kind of hang in there. You'll get your time. Quay Walker, on the other hand has proven to be a guy that can play sideline to sideline. He uh, can cover. We've seen that. He is, for as young as he is, into the league, and I'm talking into the league, Um. The uh, what he has shown is speed, tenacity. The knowledge will come. Because in the first game against the Vikings, he was everywhere. But he was also everywhere three to five yards downfield because you're looking to read and react. And once the natural instinct takes over, that'll go from three to five yards downfield to the line of scrimmage and beyond. I, I, I think they've gotten themselves for the first time in a long time a real linebacker. Now, again, I project that after only two games, and that's certainly one of those way too early to predict predictions. But he's done really well. Devontae Wyatt saw, what was he, like five snaps, Ben, I think, on Sunday?
2: Yeah, five or six, and then a five couple on snaps. special teams.
0: Yeah, Devontae Wyatt, um, obviously he's behind Jerron Reed. He's behind Kenny Clark. He's behind Dean Lowry. He's behind TJ Slayton. And when they run nickel and dime, he's they don't even have all of those guys on the field. So his snaps right now are very limited, and I'm sure it's very frustrating to him. But the best thing for him to do right now is learn to continue to learn, but they will get him snaps. He will. And and again, guys in the trenches, you're just looking for those bodies. And he's going to get his opportunities because at some point you figure, and knock on what it doesn't happen, but we know it will. Uh, an injury is going to happen, whether it's to Kenny Clark, Dean Lowry, Jeron Reed, T.J. Slayton. Somebody's going to end up, Jonathan Ford. Somebody's going to end up with a bit of an injury, and then he's going to have to be the guy to come in. So uh, he'll get his time. You just got to kind of be patient, but. But uh, the two rookies, as far as defensive players go, um, pretty well have have both shown the ability. But more so, Quay Walker because he has had a lot of snaps, a lot of playing time, and has looked pretty good doing it. So there's there's your your Georgia rookie discussion, if we will. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. Find us. Uh, like I said, coming up a little bit later on, we're going to hear from Matt Lafleur. Going to hear from Aaron Rodgers today. Uh, on the program as well both of those guys are going to be speaking at the podium so we definitely want to carry those got pro football focuses. ben brown coming up about uh, about an hour from now we'll talk with him about how this packers team grades out and about some of the wide receiver grades more so than anything and we'll get into that discussion as well so um he wow. Well, by the way he's not an hour from now a half hour from now half hour from now uh this is from uh who's this from this is from lewis Lewis says, uh, hey, unit, uh, with the Packers being one and one and going in to face Brady without all of his weapons, what can you tell from this game if the Packers win? Uh, well, again, it's go. it goes back to I want to see execution via the offense, but I want to see the defense play well. If they do what they're supposed put it this way, if it ends up being some kind of a shootout where the Packers win or Brady and company wins and it's 35-28, or 30-27 or something like that, then neither defense played very well. What can I tell is by what the result is. Do Does the defense go in, and with Brady not having his weapons, do they just shut him down, put pressure on him, hassle, hassle him all day, and walk away with a hard-fought victory? Now, if they, say, win 13-10, to 10, okay, both defenses played extremely well, both offenses played extremely poor. And that concern for the offense then begins to raise. But if, say... The Packers get a win, and they go in and completely dominate. Defensively, they harass him, and they took away any weapons that he does have, and they beat up Leonard Fournette at the line of scrimmage and get to the quarterback. And then Aaron Rodgers and company just start to open up the offensive playbook, and they end up winning, say, 27-10 to 10 or 35-10. Well, then it's a whole different scenario. It just, you got to wait for it to play out. Oh, Just because you get a win, it doesn't matter how you get, It I shouldn't say it doesn't, it matters how you get the win. Or if you take a loss, it matters how you take the loss. Because if you lose, who do you criticize? If you lose, are you criticizing defense, offense, special teams? Do all of a sudden we start seeing a couple of those close calls that we saw early on in the first couple of games for Pat O'Donnell punting, where you almost got a hand in his face, and now you go, whoa, wait a minute. They were supposed to fix the special teams and suddenly you got a punt blocked or something like that and that goes for a touchdown and you lose the game, you know, 24-17 because of a punt block for a touchdown. It, I, you you got to wait and let the game play out before you have the reaction thereof. You know what I'm saying? So that's kind of how I look at it. You know, if you get a win, it's great. It's great to get a win against Brady, it's great to get a win on the road. It's great to get a win against a team that you might have chalked this one up as a loss so you're kind of trading the losses for the wins in some categories where you're still on pace to win 13 14 games. So it you just kind of you, you kind of gird your loins, man. Wait. Wait, don't jump the shark just yet. Uh let's do this. We're going to step away, take a quick break this portion of the program. Brought to you by our friends over there, at New Mail Medical treating guys with ED all over the state of Wisconsin beyond the borders. One phone number, whether you're going to Green Bay, Milwaukee, you're going out to Chicago, going out to Vegas, one phone number, 414-455-4451, 414-455-4451. I went there yesterday, said hi to Doc Tim, said hi to Jose, the whole crew over there, just see how they're doing, kind of get my numbers checked, it took me, I was literally, I wanted to time it yesterday, I was there nine minutes, nine minutes, I walked in, how you doing? Room one, okay, great. It took me longer to fill out the little iPad paperwork than it did to actually go get my numbers checked just because I like to keep a pulse on it and they do that part of the program. So I got my numbers checked. Uh, they'll let me know probably later today. They'll say, hey, this is what where everything is, you're good, you're bad, whatever, and we'll get it taken care of. It's just that simple. <laughs> Stop into new mail medical call them four one, four, four five five four four five one. They do they even do hair replacement now at this place. I mean, it's just an all-new. You can walk in looking like one dude and walk out looking like another. They can do all-in-one weight loss program. They can correct your ED. They can help you uh, with, uh, you know, your your low T issues, change your mood, change your metabolism, all that kind of stuff. Just all that stuff. Just go in and get checked out. Tell them what ails you. You're good to go. That's the New Male Medical Center, 414-455-4451. More of the Bill Michael Show next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show. Tonight's Wednesday night. We are going to be live down at the Mecca, Deer District. Phil Michael huddle coming up a little bit later on tonight. Brought to you by our friends at Bud Light. You know what goes good with Bud Light? Some of those ribs on a stick from Robert's Specialty Meats down in Waukesha. Go to robertsspecialtymeatswaukesha.com. Whether it's ribs on a stick, some of the custom-made brats and sausages, or the Al Capone roast. Oh, so good. But if you're going to be doing some tailgating, load up on Thursday or Friday. And then get your tailgate on, whether it's Saturday or Sunday, depending on where you're going, whether you're going to a Badger game or whether you're going to a Packer game. Or maybe you're going to do it at home. Maybe everybody's coming to the house to watch the Buckeye game uh, this weekend as the Badgers go into the shoe. Or maybe you're going to do it and watch the Tampa Bay game as the Tampa Bay Buccaneers host the Green Bay Packers on Sunday afternoon. Go down, Robert Specialty Meets in Waukesha, get your grill on. That's what you need to do. Thanks to our friends down there, Robert Specialty Meets in Waukesha. Got an email here. This is Noah listening to us in Milwaukee. He said, uh, by the way, did they take the Johns down in Tomahawk? Uh, and Kristen was awesome on the stage with Jackal. When will Rogers trust Watson? Okay, let's go in reverse on all of this, okay? And that's uh, Noah listening to us in Milwaukee. He says, great ride, by the way, th- which thank you very much. So the trust of Christian Watson is I, – I wish I had an answer. I wish I could say, hey, by game four or game five, what it's going to take is Aaron Rodgers to start throwing some some passes to Watson and he gets catches, okay? And then he makes that one catch where he goes and gets it. Rodgers puts it in a position that nobody can get it, but the opponent will not. And Watson goes and gets it. And that's when he starts throwing you the ball to where he knows that if you're not going to get it, they're not going to get it. In other words, if you can't catch it, you better make sure it falls to the ground. That's when he starts to trust him. Does it make sense? That's when that's when he'll say, okay, look, I, I understand where you're coming from now. You'll come up with those catches eventually. Right now, I'll throw it to you. Hopefully, you get a, get a grab on him. But like what we saw in the, the first half when he threw the ball downfield to Randall Cobb and just threw it up for grabs, and Cobb couldn't knock it down. It ended up becoming a turnover, his only pick of the year. If he throws one or two of those to Watson, Watson, one, starts catching the football. Being in the right place at the right time, I think, is more vital, but starts catching the football. Number two, if he throws you one and say it's not the perfect throw and, you know, you don't go up and at least knock it down, he won't trust you because you're not going to be the guy that's going to protect the ball. But if you start doing that, he'll go, oh, okay, now the guy gets it. He not only is in the right place at the right time, for the most part, but also he's going to go up and make sure that I don't throw a turnover, that we don't turn the ball over. His first job is to catch it, but if he starts catching pass and, and he's making sure that it's not a turnover, that's when he'll really start to trust him. Uh, what, did they take the port Johns down in Tomahawk? No, I, I, I posted that over on the Facebook fan page. And in Tomahawk, for those – I was just there this past weekend – For those that don't know, up in Tomahawk, they've got this beautiful mural of the founder of Tomahawk, Wisconsin. It looks like a dollar bill with his face on it, and it says Tomahawk and all that kind of stuff. But it's this really cool mural on the side of one of the buildings uh, just off of Main Street in downtown Tomahawk. And for years, I had always gone there. Now, it's kind of a pain in the ass because they do allow some traffic there, and they park bikes in front of it. But for years, I'd always wait till everybody was gone, and I would go there, and I would get my picture every year in front of this this mural, this painted mural in this old brick building, and it's really cool. In the last two years, that's where they put the Portageons, and it's not like they put them off to the side; they put them right in front of the mural. So I posted it on Facebook. By the way, just so you know, for those that were up there, I got a response back from the uh, Chamber of Commerce in Tomahawk because so many people were commenting on it on the Facebook fan page. They said they will take it into account next year. What I said was, this is the idea. So I know you're listening on WJJQ up in Tomahawk, okay? So Greg, the owner up there, turn this up really loud right now. This is what you do. You block off that portion of the street. You put like a red carpet down on the street in front of it. And you have people bring their bikes on. You have a photographer there. You take the picture. Okay, you have a professional photographer take the picture and they're digital. Okay, so you get a QR code. You pay like 10 bucks to get your picture in front of that mural right there in Tomahawk. Ten bucks, five bucks, whatever it is. All the money then gets donated to a local charity. You'd raise 20 grand. You'd raise five thousand dollars, two thousand dollars. But it's better than nothing. And you're utilizing a really cool portion of your downtown. Just a note from me to you. That's what I would do. So next year, if you do that, give me a little credit. Uh, As far as Kristen being on stage with Jackal, it was awesome. It was pretty cool. Um, Jackal played on Saturday night and Jesse uh, was jamming the the band. I mean, they just rocked. That was the best concert I've seen out of them ever. And they were cranking it. And Jesse came over and pulled – now, we were actually on the stage and pulled Kristen uh, out a little bit from behind the stage and said, go ahead and play it. And he did the chords of the guitar – and he let her play the guitar on stage. No, we never did. I, I was looking for video of that because I didn't get a picture of it. It happened so fast. So if anybody was up there in Tomahawk and got a video of that on uh, Saturday night, let me know. I'd love to get it. But, yeah, he came over and let her play the guitar, which was really, really cool. Really. Then again, I mean, she was, you know, dressed up pretty. How we, how, how how should I say it? Yeah. Um, she was, uh, as one guy put it, she was pretty hot, but the, the assets were there, we'll say. Wink, wink, nod, nod. Ben, do you get my drift on that? Are you following me as a, as a human being, male? I guess. Okay. Just checking. That would have been one of the nights that I would have sprayed her down in honey. God. <laughs> of our conversation. <laughs> get out of here. Oh, 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 wait a minute. I forgot to tell you. Last night, I went to the grocery store because I had been gone for, you know, nine days, eight, nine days. So a lot of food in my house. I don't have a lot of food in the house anyway because it's just me usually. And Kristen usually brings her own. So last night I had to go to the grocery store because I needed just a bunch of stuff. And I'm walking down the condiment aisle. Now, I'm actually going down the condiment aisle to get peanut butter. I was going to get peanut butter. And a guy standing down there, he's got a Green Bay hat on and a Green Bay shirt and the whole thing. And he looks over at him and he goes, you here to get some honey for Ben?
2: That's weird. That is genuinely it's weird. a little
0: weird. It was, but I laughed my ass off. It was great. Like, Here you get some money. Here you get some honey for Ben.
2: I'm glad you're enjoying this.
0: Oh, I was loving it. I was loving it. Loving it. Uh, but uh, he's, uh, they were right yesterday because honey is quite expensive. Depending on what brand you get. I started to look at it. Yeah, it's much better to go with the giant one-gallon vat of ketchup than it is to go with a little bottle of honey. Holy crap stuff's not cheap all right that's it uh let's do this we're gonna step away and take a quick break this portion of the program brought to you by wisconsin harley Davidson. night if you're not coming downtown to catch us for the uh for the uh for the huddle uh we're gonna be heading to uh wisconsin Bike night wisconsin harley Davidson. good way to go stop out there go to wishd.com that's wishd.com they have Bike night tonight uh, I know our friends from Boondocks are gonna be out there. Boondocks is gonna be on site with their food truck tonight. Again, that's Bike Night Wisconsin Harley Davidson. Wisconsin Harley Davidson with HD.com. Stay tuned. More after this. Ready! This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Now, in Green
2: Bay, here's Mike Clemens. The Packers holding practice to prepare for the 2-0 Buccaneers. The game Sunday afternoon in Tampa. Former Packers backup quarterback Kirk Benkert got signed by the 49ers yesterday after Trey Lance went in for season-ending ankle surgery. The Packers' defense held the Chicago Bears to just 10 points Sunday night here at Lambeau. But the Bears were able to go 71 yards in just seven plays and score a touchdown in their opening drive. Packers safety Darnell Savage Jr.
0: Uh, uh, well, you know, first
2: first season, it's it's always tough um, from the outside. You never really, but normally offenses have their first 15 plays scripted out, so they're supposed to work, you know, whatever, whatever. They went down to score, but, um, you know, we buckled up after that. You know, they got back to their regular stuff and uh, played a good game. Packers head coach Matt O'Fleur says the Buccaneers are still loaded with veteran players. They've got stars on,
1: you know, every phase of their ball, and being around a bunch of those guys at the Pro Bowl, got a lot of respect for the, for the players there and, it's going to be a great challenge for us to go down to Tampa and their environment. And we're going to have to be our best.
2: The Buccaneers have signed free agent wideout Cole Beasley to their practice squad. That's because both Chris Goddard and Julio Jones have hamstring injuries. Do the Bucks need to get creative with their passing game? Quarterback Tom Brady.
0: Yeah, we have to. You know, who's ever in there has to do it. Chris, Julio, Mike was out. So um, Donnie was out. Wells was out. Line fought hard. All the guys that were in there fought hard. It's a tough really tough team, really well coached team we really struggle with so it feels good to win
2: that's tom brady in green bay i'm mike clemens on the bill michaels show
0: welcome back to the program glad to have you hopefully you're enjoying your day Bill Michael's show on the air, and uh, we have been talking about the Green Bay Packers. First hour about the uh, Milwaukee Brewers, but talking Green Bay Packer football. This one is from Sam says, When it comes to uh, Quay and A- uh, Quay, A Rod said something not specifically about Quay, but in general about the speed of the game. Not the speed as in quickness, but how fast you adjust with the mental aspect and just learning on your reactions, or and just leaning on your reactions. He said, When Quay gets there, he will be golden. Uh, I kind of feel in that. Gino, how are we doing? See Gino's chiming in. Trim Trim says uh the Green Bay Packers are now at advantage heading into Tampa Bay without Mike Evans. And also the defensive line is quite banged up. The offensive line as well. Packers should win this game in a close one. Do you think if if both teams do you think if both teams are at full strength, who's the better team? Think about that for a minute. If both teams are at full strength, if both teams are at full strength, who wins that game? Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. If both teams are at full strength, who wins that game? Good point. Good point. Uh, Mark says that uh, Tom Crybaby Brady will not have his usual compliments of weapons. How many Microsoft pros does he throw to the ground? (laughs) Uh, uh, I don't think he throws any. Let's be honest, okay? I don't think he throws any. <laughs> Just, he's not going to hurt him. Coming up after the top of the hour, by the way, we're going to talk uh, some about the uh, – from Pro Football Focus, by the way. we going to be talking some Pro Football Focus. Uh, ben Brown going to be joining us. We'll talk with him coming up here shortly. And uh, we'll talk about not only the – you know, the overall NFL, but we'll talk more so about the Green Bay Packers and how, one, the offensive line is grading out, maybe some of the young guys, but also the wide receiving core, the throwing ability of Aaron Rodgers. We'll get into that discussion coming up here uh, just after the top of the hour as well. Also, uh, you know, just Aaron Rodgers in general, I think, played an extremely good game against the Bears. Um, I want to go back to week one and some of the things that they saw that maybe the Packers needed to make some adjustment on from a different set of eyes other than just ours. So we'll get there as well. That's all coming up just after the top of the hour, so hang in there for that. Uh, and then we want to look at the rest of the quarterbacks around the National Football League. Is, is there surprises? What can we gain after only two weeks of knowledge? That type of thing. Because I think that's also something to think about, right? When you look at the leaderboard right now for, say, just quarterbacks, just quarterbacks in general, you look at a guy like Tua. He's got a quarterback rating two, uh, right now after two games, 116.5. 739 yards, leads the league, 739 yards. Seven touchdowns, two picks, been sacked only four times. You look at a guy like Joe Burrow, who's been sacked 13 times. Rodgers sacked seven times so far this season. And when you look at the overall rating, I mean, Aaron Rodgers, the first game, not good, obviously. But that second game, putting back in the top 15, he's sitting at number 12 overall with a 94.5 quarterback rating. But you look at guys that you don't normally – well, Josh Allen we know was going to be there, but Tua's not usually there. Patrick Mahomes, the highest-rated quarterback in the National Football League, 127.9. Lamar Jackson, then Tua, Justin Herbert, Carson Wentz out of Washington. Jared Goff from Detroit. Going to get into all this discussion coming up. Hang in there. A lot more to get to. More of the Bill Michael Show coming up next. The Bill Michael Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.